I want to continue a series that I started last week called our Thousand Hills Code. Thousand Hills Code, the values we ride by for fulfilling our purpose. And you say, well, what's the, what's the goal of this series? Well, I want to give you a, a few things because I want you to understand why we talk about what we value. And here it is. The goals of this series are this. We want you to know who we are as a church. We want you to not have any questions about who we are as a church. We want you to know why we do the things that we do at our church. And we want you to know how God has uniquely called Thousand Hills Ranch Church to reach the world. And so those are the goals of this series. Um, and so last week we talked about having a value-driven culture. A value-driven culture. And I know some of you guys are like, what's this got to do with church and all this stuff? Well, I, can I just tell you? If you have a value-driven culture in your life, in your family, in your business, in your organization, in the church, guess what? It's, it's a culture that is growing, that is healthy. I'll give you a definition. A value-driven culture is a healthy, effective, and growing culture that is driven by what an organization values. Let me say it again. A value-driven culture is a healthy culture. It's an effective culture. How many of you guys want to be an effective church? Amen? We want to be an effective church. It's a growing culture that is driven by what an organization values. And so here's the thing. Whether you have a, a culture that is a church or a business or organization, it is de defined by what you value. Here's the thing. You show me a strong church. You show me a church that's reaching people. You show me a church that's growing. And I'll show you a church that's organized around strong values. I, you can do it every time. I mean, you can walk into any restaurant. I can walk into a restaurant, I can, and sometimes they even post them on, you know, the hallway in the bathroom, which isn't the best place to post them. But anyways, so they, they you know, they post their purpose statement, their values, and, and, and you read those, but then you walk out and you're like, okay, so you value customers. Well, where's the guy that can tell me how to work this saw? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it... it, it you, you can have those values, but again, if you don't live by those values, it's worthless. If you don't understand the values, if you don't even know what the values are, then how are you going to be able to live by them? And so the truth is we, we have a culture that we desire, to, you know, that God uses to, to reach people. And here's the other side of it. If you, you show me a struggling church, and I'll show you a church that is organized around unclear and unhealthy values. You can do it. I mean, I've been in churches. I've been a part of churches. I've led, you know, groups in, in churches where if you didn't understand what the, you know, church valued, that it was unclear, then you weren't effective. And so you, you say, well, why do you go through all this? Again, it's because we value what God has asked us to value. And you say, well, what's the code all about? I mean, you, you maybe have got, got one of these last week. If you didn't get one, hopefully you got one today or you'll get one as you leave. But this is our Thousand Hills Code. And some of you guys look at it and you go, man, are we a part of a cult? <laughs> because you have a code. And if you don't, you know, ride by the code and then you're not going to be, you know, able to drink the crazy punch at the end of the day, you know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, some people look at it and they go, that's so weird. I mean, but, but here's the truth. It's just what we value. I love it. I love it because some people walk in and they go, I want to know what this church is about. 
before I, you know, get too involved, before I, you know, you know, serve, before I, you know, come, you know, more than once, all that stuff. I want to know what this church is about. And here's the thing. We can hand this to them and they can understand what we value. It's an awesome thing. I, 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 I mean, again, any organization, any business that does this is a smart business and it's going to be a growing business in the same way in the church. And so the fact is this, the church is defined by what they value. And, and, and so in our value system, we call it our Thousand Hills Code. And what we've come up with is short, powerful statements that define who we are and what we value. And here's what I want to say. And I, and I, want, I want you to hear this from my heart. Our, what we value may not be what everybody values. And that's okay. What, it may not be right for every person. It may not be right for every church. But here's what I'll tell you. It's right for us. It's right for us. You know how I know that? Because people are showing up every week. People are getting saved every week. We are reaching people that no one else is reaching. So you say, well, how do you know it's right? Well, again, yes. <clears throat> and so it's right for us. It's just, it's just who we are and it's what we value. You know, okay, so here's the thing. Here's what we learned last week, and I want to recap real quick. Value-driven cultures, they don't happen by accident. They don't. Again, if you own a business and you're thinking you want this culture, you've got to make that happen. Obviously, by the leadership of the Lord, you've got to make that happen. And a lot of people go, why do you worry so much about it? Why are you preaching this series? Why, you know, why do you write this stuff down? Here's why. It, it, you know, people that don't know Jesus... Here's what I've learned. They, they may not know Jesus and they may not care about, you know, the preacher or even like preachers. But at the end of the day, if they come to a church and they're doing things excellent and they understand who they are and what they're about, guess what? They love it. You know why? Because they appreciate excellence. That's one of our values. Here's the other thing. You, you, people go, why do you worry so much about the details? Here's why. People, if they, you know, it, it, here, here's what they think in their minds. And because people have told me, if they care that much about those details, then they care about me. Again, if they care about who, you know, they're trying to reach and, and, and who God's called them to reach and the things that they value, if they carry, or care so much about that, then they care about me. And so it doesn't happen by accident. The second thing we learned was this. Our values build our foundation for our ministry. Here's the cool thing. That, this church isn't built on me. It's built on Jesus. Amen. <laughs> this church is built on the solid rock, not the sand. And so we, we write these things down, we figure these things out, we pray about these things because we want them to be the foundation of our ministry. Here's the third thing. Our values help shape our minds, our attitudes, our words, and our actions. I mean, again, if you tell me something that you're about or something you value, then I know that you value that and I can get on board and support it, right? Because it, it shaped my mind, it shapes my attitude, it shapes my actions, I mean, we learned last week what we value determines what we do. And what we're doing determines what we value. And so, so again, it, it shapes those things. Here's the last thing we learned. A value-driven culture helps keep us focused. When things, you know, kind of get, you know, fuzzy and maybe the Lord's not, you know, speaking to us, you know, and, the, you know, we feel like we can't, you know, see in front of our face, guess what? We can go right back to the things that he's called us to do and we can do what we know. Because he's given these values to us. And so it's out of these values, again, that we have a desire to, to have a value-driven culture. 
And it's, it's out of our Thousand Hills Code that we know those values. Well, today I want to talk about two of the values, okay? I want to talk about two of them. And these two set up the whole other part of our Thousand Hills Code. And so number one is this. We ride for his brand. Let me say it again. We ride for his brand. In other words, it's all about Jesus. Amen? It's all about Jesus. And you say, what's what's this brand idea? Well, in the cowboy culture, if you work at a ranch, guess what? You should take pride in the brand that you ride for. I mean, I, and you say, what does that mean? Well, then if you take pride in the brand that you get to ride for, or the ranch that you get to ride for, then you take care of it. You take care of the land. You take care of the animals that you're, you know, in care of. You know, you, you take care of the equipment. I mean, you take care of the horses. And you say, well, why do you do that? Well, because you're proud to ride for that brand. Well, it's the same way in the church. When, when we talk about the Thousand Hills Code and we say we ride for his brand, we're saying the same thing. We want our lives and our church to carry the name of Jesus with pride. Amen? It's okay to clap for that. Let's clap for that. <clears throat> you say, what does that look like? Well, that means we, we want to serve others in Jesus' name. We're not just a moral church. We're not just a good old boy church. No, we serve a Father in heaven that has created us. We serve the God of the universe. And we serve His Son, Jesus, who died on a cross for our sins. So it's all about Him. Again, so we serve him in the name of, we serve others in the name of Jesus. We want to live in such a way that honors him. I mean, we don't we don't just want to waste our time. I mean, again, we can go to we we can waste our time in other ways. We're gonna we're gonna take advantage of the time. We're gonna use our gifts for his glory because there's no time to waste. Amen. You say, okay, but what does it look like to ride for his brand? Well, here's the first thing: we ride for his brand by what we do. And what we say. Look at Colossians chapter 3. It says this. Let the message of Christ in all its richness. Richness what? Fill your lives. Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you Do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say. Here's the thing. We obviously live, we live 24 miles east of here. And um, I can drive around our, you know, our place and I can go and I can see the other, you know, cattle in these other pastures. And guess what? All I have to do, all I have to do is see the brand on that calf. And I can know who that calf belongs to. Right? I mean, I see the brand, and then I look at it, and I go, man, that calf belongs to Mickey Sander, you know, or that calf belongs to, you know, uh, Joe Bob Stump. I mean, I, I just know that who they belong to because of the brand, right? Here's the thing. Same is true in the church. And you say, what is the brand of a Christian or a follower of Jesus? What does that look like? Here's the brand. It's what we do and what we say. People, if they hear what we say and see what we do, they're going to be able to tell who we belong to. Every time. Every time. And you say, well, what does that mean or what does that look like at at Thousand Hills? Well, if if we ride for his brand, then we, we think about what we say, right? I'll give you a few examples. When people say, 
And I've heard people say to me um, about some people, and maybe some of you, uh, you'll never reach that guy. I mean, that guy will never come to your church. I mean, that guy's way too far gone. I mean, yeah, that guy sips a little too much on, you know, the wild turkey. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're never going to reach him. I mean, that guy, you know, he's just never going to come to your church. Or that girl, she's never going to come to your church. And, and, you know, you're again, I hear that all the time. And, and here's what I want to say to them. And sometimes I do say to them, well, maybe not. But here's the truth. I may not reach them, but I'm going to love the hell out of them. You think I just cussed. I'm actually talking spiritually. I'm going to love them so much that one of these days they're going to come to know Jesus and they're not going to make it to hell. They're going to make it to heaven. (laughs) And can I just tell you, it's fun. Some of you guys need to get out of your little Christian cliques and stop hanging out with just Christian people and open up a door to reach somebody that doesn't look like you, doesn't smell like you, doesn't act like you. I mean, just reach out to them because it's fun. Here's the other side of it. I want to be real. It's fun, but it's hard. You know why it's hard? Because sometimes I don't like them. I mean, sometimes God says, I want you to reach your enemy. And I'm like, crap, man. What? I mean, that guy's a jerk. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes, you know, it's hard. But I'm just telling you, at the end of the day, it's worth it. It's worth it to see people come into this barn and come to know Christ, you know, and give their lives to Jesus. And I'm going to be walking streets of gold with this guy who said or somebody who said about this guy that he would never make it. So, again, it matters what we say. When people say you can't, I say watch us. Watch what God can do. The impossible is possible with God every time. And so we worry about what we say. We think about what we say. Here's what else I hear people say. You know, I'll never fit in at church. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand the Bible. I'm not living a right life. You know what we say? You belong before you believe. None of us understand the whole word. None of us understand every word of the Bible. None of us are living a, a, a perfect life. And so here's the truth. Because I belong, you belong. Amen? I mean, that's just the truth. And so when people say that, that's what, that's what our church stands for. You belong before you believe. Here's the other thing. When people say, you know what, I just don't have the right clothes. Or, you know, I'm not a cowboy. You know, whatever. Here's what we say. Come as you are. Come as you are. Wear your flip-flops. Wear, wear something. <laughs> I mean, we're not a nudist church. Just, just pointing that out. Some of you guys were wondering. But, um, but just wear something. But, but we just say, come as you are. You're not a cowboy, so what? We're here to reach the world. We're going to do that in our own style, in our own way, but we're here to reach the world. And so, again, so here, here's what else people say. How, how do you know what's right and wrong? Here's, here's, here's what we say. We say, you know what? We, we don't know on our own, but God's word shows us everything that is true, and we can trust it. It matters what you say. It shows who you believe in. It shows if you're, you know, really all about writing for his brand. Um, here's, here's another one. You know, people say, you know, your church is full of a bunch of hypocrites. Your church is full of a bunch of people that aren't perfect. And here's what I say. You're right. You're exactly right. And when you join our church, it's going to be even more unperfect. Because we're all unperfect. 
I mean, we're, 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 none of us are perfect, right? But we focus our eyes on the one who walked the face of the earth that was perfect. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And so here's the thing. Everything that we do, everything that we say should point them to Jesus. Because it's all about him. And you say, what else? Well, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't, sometimes, you know, here's what I've learned about people outside the church. They don't, they don't really care what you believe as much as they care how you behave. Think about it. So I can say that you're welcome here, but it's, what about when they walk through the doors and they smell? What about when they have the wild turkey on their breath? What about when they have half their clothes on? What about when they smell? I mean, again, what about all those things? Do we really welcome them? Or is it just something that we say? It's something that we should do. Remember this. I mean, again, if we ride by these things, then we have to live by these things, not just say them. I mean, we, when people have needs, guess what? Here's what we try to do. And we're not perfect at any of this. But here's what we try to do. We meet their needs. I mean, so many people just, you know, let's just pray for them. Hand out Bibles and they'll be fine. Really? That person's hungry. He can't eat the Bible. And so what do you do? You, you don't just talk a good game. You actually feed them. You pay their bills. When they lose their job, you show up. And you help them find a new job. I mean, again, that's what we should be about doing, not just saying. Here's the other thing. When people, have, you know, they have a, a great uh, experience in their, in their family. Someone, you know, is born. A baby's born. You know, we, we get to come alongside of them and, and actually help them. Give them a gift. You know, bring meals to them. Send them a congratulations message. I mean, show up, right? And welcome their, their new baby or welcome, you know, whatever celebration, graduation, whatever it is. We are going to help them and show up and do something about it. So this is what we do. And you say, well, why do you do all this? Here, here's why. Because of what Jesus has done for us. You say, why do you sweat? Why do you toil? Why do you have all these things? Why do you worry about all this stuff? Again, it's because of what Jesus has done for us. Here's what I know about Jesus. Everything that I have, everything that I am is because of him. Everything that he's given, everything that I've received, everything has been given to me from him. Amen? Look at Romans eleven thirty six. It says this, for everything comes from him and exists by his, I said it, by his power and is attended for his glory all glory to him forever amen you say well why do we worry so much about making jesus's name famous because of what he's done for us he gives me life the breath that i get to take right now guess who gave it to me jesus did the family that i get to have birthdays with guess who gave them to me jesus did Guess who gave me my job? Guess who gave me the cows? Guess who gave me the horses? Guess who gave me everything that I have? Jesus did. So that's why we serve him. That's why we ride for his brand. Because it's all from him. Here's the second thing. We ride for his brand because he's worthy of it. I mean, he's simply worthy of it. Look at Psalm 136 verse 3. It says, give thanks to the the Lord of lords. Give thanks to him for his loving kindness is everlasting. Here's the thing that I have to watch myself, okay? I've grown up in church. I was there nine months before I was born. My mom took me in her womb. 
right? And so here's what I've learned as a Christian. The longer you're in the church, the more numb you can get to the greatness of God. I'm just telling you, you got, maybe you guys are still in awe and you don't, you know, get numb to certain things when, you know, the preacher talks about certain things that God has done. I don't know if that's you or not, but sometimes I get numb to the greatness of God. And I have to be reminded that he is worthy, not because I make him worthy. He's just worthy because he's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's the beginning and the end. He's the hope of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so listen, he is worthy of us writing for him and making our lives all about him. Here's, here, here's why else he's worried. He, he, we ride for his brand because he's the name above every name. Look at, the, look at Philippians 2, 6 through 9. It says this, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he... Gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. <laughs> he was one of us. And then he, when he appeared in human form, he what? He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the... Name above all other names. That, and, then, and listen to this. That at that name, Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You say, Bo. Why do we want to ride for his brand? Why is it all about Jesus? Here's why. Because what he did for us can be unmatched. I mean, he died. I mean, some of you guys, you, you showed up today and you, you felt like it was a strain to get out of your warm bed to come to church. Jesus died on a cross so that you could get out of bed and come to church. His beard was ripped from his, from his face. His spear was slid into his side. He had nails run through his hands and his feet. So listen, you say, why is he worthy? Why should I ride for his brand? Why should this church be about Jesus? Because of what he did for us. Because of that, I can go to heaven one day. Because of that, I can have security in my life. Because of that, I can feel complete. And so we ride for his brand, and it's all about Jesus. Here's the second value, and I'm done. You ready? Number two is this. We ride for the unchurched. We are a cowboy church called to reach the world. Called to reach the world. As many of you guys know, we, uh, God gave me this the purpose statement for our church you know, six, seven years ago. And in that purpose statement, it said, Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. Here's what God did a year or so ago. He said, Bo, guess what? I want you to change the purpose statement. I was like, okay, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And he says, Bo, I want you to take out the unchurched Western culture, the Western culture. He said, I want you to take that out because here's why. I've not called you just to reach the Western culture. I've called you to reach the world. Yeah, 
But here's what else I want you to understand. We are a cowboy church. And you say, well, why? Why, why is that your style? Here's, here's why it's our style. Again, we're not just here to reach cowboys, but our style is cowboy. And here's why we do that. Because that's what God laid on my heart in the beginning, and it just makes sense. I mean, we live in an agricultural community. I don't know if you've figured that out yet. <laughs> when people own cattle, they farm, they have tractors, they have all these things. So why not plant a church that matches the culture that you live in? To me, it makes sense. And I believe that's one of the greatest reasons why we are successful as a church and why our church has grown is because we match the culture. I mean, I don't go to India and dress in a three-piece suit. I dress in whatever they wear. If it's a robe, I don't know what they wear. But I'm going to wear what they wear so that I can reach the culture in, in their culture, the way that they live. And so that's why we do it. That's why we're a cowboy church. So everything you see is going to represent our style. And you said, well, that's kind of, you know, limiting you who on, who, on who you can reach. And I don't believe that for one minute. You know why? Because many of you aren't cowboys. <laughs> you just come. I mean, I talk to all my yuppie friends who live in the city, and they're like, every time I, every time I talk to them, they ask me questions about our church. They ask me questions about, you know, horses and cattle and all that stuff. You know why? Because they're intrigued by our culture. So when I look at our culture and, and our culture of our church, I don't feel like we're limited in any way. Because people are intrigued by it. At some point in everybody's life, whether they were 8 years old or 25, they always wanted to be a cowboy. Amen? I'm just telling you, whether you're a girl or a boy, I'm just telling you, at some point, you had a cowgirl or cowboy birthday party. Right? I'm just telling you, that's just the truth. And you say, well, again... Why do we do it? Because that's who God has called us to be. And, and living by a cowboy code isn't a bad thing. I mean, think about the, the cowboy code of the Old West. I mean, they live by honesty, integrity, grit. I mean, telling the truth, all those things. So that's a great thing. And, but you may be thinking, well, who are the unchurched? I mean, if you ride for the unchurched, you've got to know who they are. Well, here's, here's how I would describe unchurched people. They're people that are far from God. Maybe not far from God, but they feel far from God. They're people that are maybe skeptics. They're people that have maybe gotten burnt in the church by somebody. They're people that, that don't like religion. They don't like organized. I hear people say, I don't like organized religion. Well, again, we don't like religion really at all. We like a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> if, again, religion will send you to hell. I, there was a great pastor, leader in, in, a, in the church back in the day, and, and this reporter walked up to him and said, hey, you know, which religion is the best? And guess what his answer was? They'll all send you to hell. You know why? Because it's, all, it's not about religion. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. And so those people that don't like religion, again, you know, they're maybe the unchurched person, the people that maybe feel out of place in a traditional church. You know, stained glass, steeples, all pews, all that stuff, again, are great reaching people that we can't reach. But I'm telling you, there are people looking for something outside the box. They're looking for something where they can just come and be who they are. And so that's that unchurched person. They may not understand the Bible. They may not know Christ, right? I mean, they don't know Jesus personally. And you say, Bo, okay, so do you welcome church people? <laughs> and, and it's so that's such a weird question because yes we without a doubt welcome church people into our church 
But what we want you to understand is we have a code that we ride by, and that one of the most important things in our church is we're going to reach on church people. It's not going to be necessarily about us. Here's what I've learned about the church. The church doesn't exist to serve you alone. You exist to serve the church. And so if you're a church person like I am that grew up in church, who had great Christian parents, all those things are great. But here's what we say. We need you to get on board and ride for Jesus and ride for the unchurched. And so we want people that are solid. We want people that are, you know, that, that know the Bible in and out. But we want them to understand our code and our values so that they can help us fulfill our purpose. They can. And so because, because we value the unchurched, guess what? We, we ride in much of a way and we practice that in, in much of a way that's kind of different. Our events, our environment, our teaching is targeted for that unchurched person. I'll give you a few examples. Um, even our signs. Some of you guys are like, why do you hang that sign? I mean, everybody knows where the bathroom is. No, they don't. If they're unchurched, they've never been here, they don't know. <laughs> why, do, why, do you, why do you worry about that so much? Well, because we want people to understand it, who we are and what we're about and, and where to go to use the restroom because we don't want them peeing in their seat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got enough smells in here. I mean, you say, that's not a big deal. Yeah, it is. Because we're reaching unchurched people. You say, well, what else? Well, you know, what barriers, you know, here's the question that we ask. What barriers keep unchurched people from Christ and, and tear down religious barriers? Well, I mean, what, what barriers are there that keep them out of church? Well, we've thought about that, and we don't dress up. Some people can't dress up. It's okay. Some people like to dress up. If you like to dress up, dress up. But we've tore down a religious barrier that keeps some people out of the church because they don't feel like they fit in. You know why we do that? Because we're trying to reach unchurched people. You say, what else? Well, you know, you know, some people feel awkward about giving money because they pass an offering plate in front of them and they don't know, they don't know, you know, they don't have enough money to give or they, I mean, they just can't do it. And so we take that barrier down. And if you desire to give, there's a whiskey barrel at the front door. Again, not to buy whiskey, <laughs> but to pay for the things that God has called us to do. And so we tear down that religious barrier. You know, some people feel like, you know, if I go to church, they're going to point me out. They're going to bring me to the front. They're going to lay hands on me and knock me down. I'd like to. <laughs> but some of you guys, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we don't do that. If you have a decision to make, we're going to encourage you to do that. We're going to encourage you to fill out one of these orange cards and we'll contact you later. You don't have to come to the front to be religious. You don't have to come to the front to get saved. Jesus is everywhere. He can meet you right where you're at. And so we tear down that religious barrier. You know, you know here's another question. How, how do we want people to feel in our church that have never been there before? Here's, here's what we try to do. We want them to feel welcomed. We want them to have fun. We want them to know that we don't take ourselves too seriously. We want them to feel comfortably uncomfortable. You know? I mean, we want them to feel comfortable when they walk in. We want them to recognize the first song that we sing so that they can take a deep breath and know that, man, we love country music just like everybody else. But at the end of the day, we want them to feel a little bit uncomfortable when they recognize that they're a sinner and they can come to know Jesus and he can forgive them. So we want them to feel comfortably uncomfortable. Um, so you say, well, how do you attract those who feel far from God? Well, 
it's in the, maybe the way that, again, that we do our events. We do ranch rodeos. We go play in the dirt. We, we do dances. We, we dance together. We have dinners. We have concerts. We do kids' events. I mean, we do all those things because, again, we're trying to reach unchurched people. If we just do Christian concert and just hang out together and, you know, have Bible study all the time, which is good, then that's great. That's how we're going to grow, and that's one of our values as well. But at the end of the day, we want to reach unchurched people. So we're going to do things that no one else is doing to reach people that no one else is reaching. So that's why we do what we do. From the parking lot to the pulpit, we want people to know that we care about them no matter where they've been. And so that's why we ride for the unchurched. And you say, Bo, why are you so passionate about this? Why are you so, you know, fired up about this? Well, here's why. Because we believe that Jesus was fired up about it. We believe that, that you know, because of Jesus, we have something to be fired up about. And, and, and because, you know, Jesus was about unchurched people. He was about people that, again, maybe didn't fit the mold of a religious person. And he reached out to them. And so we live by his example. Look at Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are what? Lost. To seek and to save those who are lost. We st- again, we started this church so that we can make, you know, make the kingdom of God grow. <laughs> and increase the population of heaven. I wanted a church, God laid it on my heart, you, I want you to create a church where, again, all those buddies who you, you think would never walk through a door would feel like they could walk through your door. And that's where it all started. And because of that, guess what? We've seen hundreds of hundreds of people come to church for the first time in 20 years, come to church and actually enjoy themselves, come to church and actually find Christ because we made Christ accessible to them. And so that's why we ride for the unchurched. And can I just tell you, there is no better blessing than to see a person that was down and out, heartbroken, didn't have a hope in the world come to know Jesus. There's nothing better than that. Some of you guys need to check, you need to, you need to be about this value because you're missing out on the greatest blessing of your life. And that's leading someone to, to Christ. It's the greatest blessing that you'll ever experience. And so we ride for his brand and we ride for the unchurched. And you say, okay, Bo, and this is where I close. What do these values mean for me? What do they mean for me? Well, we're asking you to ride with us. Many of you guys do ride with us. You guys have served. You, you've helped you know, grow this church. But we're asking everybody to come alongside. There is no time to waste. Some of you guys, again, get off the fence. Either God's saying, hey, I want you to be a part of this church. And I want you to start serving in this church. Or he's not. It's okay. It's okay. Please get off the fence and help us grow the kingdom of God. There's no time to waste. My friends that I get to ride with all the time, they're going to die and go to hell if we don't tell them. So get off the fence. You say, what does this have to do with me? Well, again, in, in everything you do and say, are you honoring and glorifying God? Everything you do, everything you say, are you honoring and glorifying God? Do you praise God in the good times? Or do you just go, man, yeah, I mean, I've worked hard. 
All this is because of me. Or do you praise him in the good times? Do you give him all the glory? When people ask you, how are you so blessed? How do you have a job? Do you go, it's because of Jesus, because he gave me the job. When, you, when your life turns, you know, bad and you, you get in those bad times, do you turn to him or do you turn to something else? I mean, again, if it's all about him, that means you turn to him. You know why? Because he's your only hope. And you can turn to alcohol. You can turn to sex. You can turn to drugs. You can turn to, a, you know, your wife or your spouse or try to put your life into your kids and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you're still going to be unfulfilled because Jesus is the only one who can fulfill you. So if it's all about him, if you're riding for him, you're going to turn to him in those times. Are you serving? Are you serving him daily? Are you serving him in this church? Are you living by his word? Or do you live by your own code? Here's what I want to do. Here's how I'm going to live my life. You say, well, why do we do this? Here, again, the truth is because it's all about him. It's all about him. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, some of you are here maybe for the first time. I want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'm glad you were here on this Sunday because you're getting a glimpse of who this church is, who God has called us to be. And so I praise God that you're here. Some of you have been here for a while. And you're like, man, I, yeah, I value it. I value what this church stands for. I, you know, what they say is what I believe, and... You know, it's all good, and I agree with the pastor and all that good stuff. But, but here's my question. What are, you, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Are you just a consumer? You consume everything and then take it all in, and then, again, you don't maybe give anything back? My desire is for you to examine your heart. And say, so, okay, Lord, I, I talk a big game. <laughs> but what you're showing me, Lord, is I need to live a big game. I need to live it for you. And I need to serve in this church. I need to come alongside the people in this church and begin to help this church grow for the glory of God. To help, you know, help the kingdom of God grow. Because we're here for a reason. We have a purpose in life. And it's not just to live for ourselves. It's to live for Jesus. And so how many of you would say, and nobody, again, nobody's looking around. We're not going to point you out. I'm the only one who's looking around. But how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I, I need to get my priorities right. I need to... Thank you. I need to I need to make it my life all about Jesus, not just in what I say, but actually in what I do. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say that's something I need to make a commitment to? Thank you so much. All across the barn. Thank you. Again, it, it, you can make an eternal difference in this world. And God wants to use you. And so, again, make it all about him. Here's the other side of it. How many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I, I've not really even looked outside of my own life, my own little comfort zone, my own little, you know, family, and tried to reach out to someone who's unchurched. And I want to change that. I want to begin to pray for opportunities 
to reach people that don't know Christ. I, I, maybe, maybe you need to make this your prayer. I, I want to seek to understand the culture that I live in so that I can begin to reach the culture that's around me. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I, I want to have an authentic friendship with someone outside the church. How many of you guys would say, you know what? That's me. I need to do that. I need to make that commitment. I need to reach more unchurched people. Would you just raise your hand? If that's your your conviction today and you want to make a commitment to do that, would you just raise your hand? Thank you. All across the barn. Thank you. Again, this is, I mean, it's one of the greatest blessings that you'll ever have in your life is reaching people that are far from God. And so I, I pray for you, and I want to pray for you. Before you leave today, I'm going to end this in a word of prayer, and I'm going to pray for you because here's the thing. When you make your life all about Jesus, and when you make your life about reaching more and more people that don't know Jesus, guess what? The devil doesn't like it, and he may, he may try to stop you. And so we want to pray for you. We want to come alongside of you. If you have questions, if you need answers, if someone's asking a question you don't know the answer to, that's why we're here. That's why the church exists, to be able to support each other and to help each other reach the world. And so we, we were here to help you. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. If you, ha- if you have questions or anything, Wes and Jill, they're going to come up, explain how you can connect with us today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to share what you've called this church to be about. Lord, I thank you that you are the reason that we do what we do. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to reach people that are far from you. Lord, continue to give us the strength and the passion and the the power to reach people for your glory. And we give you all the glory because you are worthy. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.